Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 249. John and Wendy, welcome back. Steve Brown again. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I'm okay. I am okay. okay. <laughs> we are coming here to the end of the show, which is kind of hard to believe now that it's real. And this is our last recording with another person. You know, I'm okay. I'm also very okay that this episode is once again being sponsored by our friends over at Talent Magnet Institute. Thank yes, you, Mike Sippel and, and your team. Be sure yep. to check out talentmagnet.com slash HR social hour to get a free gift for listeners. And Mike's yeah. been a tremendous friend of the show. And it was funny, Wendy, I was, I'm going back and doing some counting and we're going to talk more in 250 about some of the things that I've been looking at. But interestingly enough, I, I kind of forgot Mike actually co-hosted the show more than once. Yes, he did. Yeah, we did a crossover. That was fun. It's great to be associated with him for the month of December. Mm -hmm. We really do appreciate that. And Wendy, while we're wrapping up this part of our audio careers, this is not necessarily all we're doing. And and I wanted to talk a little bit about a really cool session you did when we were recording this. You did it yesterday (laughs) with our friend and previous guest, uh, Kirsten Gregg's Trap Recruiter. Yeah, she has started doing, um, She well, last year she did, I think it was the 12 days of recruitment or something like that. And so she did 12 days in December with different TA folks. And then she invited me to come back this year. Um, she's been doing um, Wednesday live shows with Trap Recruiter, talking um, anything and everything. We... Well, as we not, as we are wont to do, we went down a couple of rabbit holes, but ended up with just a fantastic conversation. So, you can you can check the replays of that, um, and then as you're listening to this, definitely check it out. It's uh, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Um, I think she goes live on Twitter, LinkedIn, and uh, Facebook. I think maybe LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn. I, I think that's the you know the key though, John is we're not done talking. We're happy to go out and, and chat with other folks and um, spread our wisdom um, as it as it were <laughs> as you want. That's as that's folks big. That's a too. big ask, Wendy. That's a big ask. <laughs> oh. I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was able to attend. It said on Twitter zero viewers, and I'm like, I'm viewing it. I don't quite, but I don't understand I don't the mechanics understand. of those things. I well, enjoyed we know the Twitter's co- weird right now too. Well, that too. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> I appreciated that you all got deep into Christmas movies, which was super we fun. Did. With all the shenanigans going on in the world in, in the corporate world. Yeah. While you talked about that and were very thoughtful about it, I did appreciate hearing more about fun stuff. And I also enjoyed hearing yeah. more about mineral. I was really excited to hear some of the things you were talking <laughs> about in terms of getting to know the people that you work with. I'm not just trying to prove that I listened. I really did. <laughs> I really did enjoy it. Well, and you know, I'm, I will give them a shout out because I I have really think Mineral is doing some great stuff as a, a remote first organization um, to make sure that that folks are connected. And I really, honestly believe I'm more connected with some of the folks at Mineral than I was when I was going into an office here in in South Dakota, in Montana, wherever I was before, I feel like I'm more connected with a lot of the folks. They're doing a, a lot of great stuff. And if anyone wants to hear about that, I will happily chat about that more in more detail offline. Um, and I don't want to take up the whole conversation here about that. But um, Mineral is really doing some great things as far as um, getting employee engagement going. And um, I, I think more people should be talking about it. We will put a link in the show notes to your conversation with Kristen. I thought it was a lot of fun. I guess we are putting it out there. If you're listening, if you are interested in talking to us about whatever, 
we're open to it. Yep. Uh, send us a note and Happy we'll to. set something up. Wendy, I, I want to reframe a statement I made last week <laughs> when we <laughs> talked to Melanie. I said in that open that there were a couple people that we wanted to talk to at the end of the show. And I wanted to clarify that or amend that to say there were three people that yes. we wanted to talk to. I don't think Steve knows this, but there were three people. The other two do know. There were three people I wanted to have in the last 10. <laughs> I objected mightily to this last yeah, one. No, that's I'm true. Kidding. Well, <laughs> the three people were Mary Williams, Melanie Peacock, yeah. and Steve Brown. Yes. With the schedule the way it was, we had Mary a little earlier than we had necessarily mm-hmm. anticipated. It was a great conversation. It is out there. You can certainly listen to it. We had Melanie last week. It was a a very affectionate conversation, and I really appreciated that. While he may be the number two fan, he is certainly number one in our hearts. He holds the record for the most, I call them one-on-one appearances, because it's not one-on-one because there's two of us. But he is, as a solo (laughs) guest, has the most appearances on the show. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of introduction you're going to make. Let's do that and get started. I, I, there's no, there's no introduction. Um, if you don't know Steve, it's probably similar to what I did the last time he was on. If you don't know him, go find him out in the Twitterverse, in the universe. He's out there. He's looking for you. Um, Steve, you know, I kid because I love so happy to have you bookend the show. Um, as you are, I think it makes a, a a great rounding out nice big ribbon onto, onto the show for us. You know, the first question, what's in your glass tonight? I have a story, because you have to have a story with everything you do. Of course, yes. I have a Looks Like Haze Deadhead IPA. (laughs) I was at the Ohio Sherm show this year, and I was the MC in a keynote. I've known the people at Kalahari forever, and we came back to Kalahari. And Brian, who's the operations manager at Kalahari, said, Did you get a beer last night? And I said, I did. And he says, did you get the Deadhead beer? And I said, no, because we bought it just for you. Oh, so That's awesome. They went back, and it's a four-pack, and he says, hey, here, you need to take this with you. And I go, man, Brian, you're the best. <laughs> the Kalahari people are wonderful. So to have one, he goes, it just fits you. I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I would, I would probably recommend that one for you without even knowing any more about it than Deadhead. Oh, Steve's got to have that. <laughs> Steve, it's hard to believe. You last appeared on episode 200. That's been a year, roughly. What have you been up to since then? Oh, goodness. Uh, all kinds of things. Work has been amazing and transformative. I always said when I worked at La Rosa's, I had the job, the HR job that everyone dreamed of. And I was wrong because I have it now. And uh-huh. it's just really evolved and changed. It's hard to capture the emotion of it, the exhaustion of it. It's really quite amazing. I now can say that we've operationalized HR. I've never felt this fulfilled in my career. And it's just kind of uh, surreal, to be honest. That's really cool. And, you know, you've been working for that and towards that for for a long time. What have you learned from this experience of of implementing the, the redesign, going through this restructure? What, what did you learn that really surprised you? And uh, what advice would you give others who are like, I, we want to do it. We know we've got HR folks that want to do that. So what's your advice to keep that moving forward for them? My advice would be understand that your time is not your own, even more than it already is not your own. 
90% of my day is talking to people and building relationships. One of the real key things that happened, uh, Nick LaRosa, who is wonderful. He's the son of the CEO. He's in charge of a, a large portion of the organization. We were thrown together, literally, and uh, I was talked to by his dad, Michael, and his uncle, Mark, like, hey, we really want you two to run together and stuff like that. And we've been working together for 15 years since I've been there. And he says, hey, it's, I look forward to working with you. This is great. And he says, you know, we have a good relationship. And I said, I need to stop you right there. We like each other. I think you're wonderful. I really enjoy the work you do. I think you're intelligent as heck. We have no relationship. And he says, what? I said, we don't. We haven't worked together together for three years in the same building. Your work has gone one way. My work has gone another. We need to fix that. And he said, absolutely. So he and I have been a proponent of changing people, starting at the executive level, to develop relationships. Eliminate silos, develop relationships. It's not a matter of, I need to go see John, or I need to go see Wendy, and have some FaceTime with them, and show them how intelligent I am, and how much HR brings to the organization. Those are shallow, hollow arguments, and they don't mean anything, because it's not emotional. You don't have a relationship with somebody. We've been building relationships. Just this last month, we expanded the executive group and started bringing the next level of people in. And it was funny. had a great meeting. It was all people-oriented, all development-oriented. And I went back to everybody who was new to the meeting. I said, so, Wendy, how did it go? What did you think? And they told good things mostly. They said, so, really cool people stuff. When do we get to do something? And I went, ooh, see? It, 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 it takes one layer. For everything to go from people to doing and people separating those things instead of saying, because of people, we get to do things. So there's a lot of shifting going on. You have to be incredibly patient, resilient. Stick with it. It's been an adventure. I, I can't talk enough about it. Who do you go to to get support? We say be resilient and do those things. I know you talk to us and I always appreciate when I get these calls or you know notes from you. Who are you going to to find a person that says, hey, stick with it, keep going, go forth and prosper? Yeah. Internally, it's taken some time because the people I work with more closely now, we didn't have that close of a relationship. We have this new term that Nick came up with that I just love. It's called dump your bucket. So when you come into a room and you go, hey, before we talk about anything, I need to dump my bucket. And you do. You just let it out. Now, it can't be, you know, FFF and all this kind of stuff. That's just somebody just complaining. This is, here's what's in front of me, and I can't move forward until I do this. It's usually not about the two people who are in the room. It's about something else, but you say, hey, is it safe? Yeah. And you kind of set the ground rules, and then you dump your bucket. We're teaching people to do that, and some people you can do it with, and other people you can't because they run. We're humans. You hear stuff, you're like, oh, do you know what John said? Hey, Wendy, do you know what John said? And Wendy's like, what did John say? And then you go, ah, this is crud. A lot of my support is outside, and it has been forever. Uh, I try to call somebody every single night on the way home just to talk, and, or I'll text or I'll check in. I found that that fills my bucket more than anything. I need to stay connected. I, I get a little concerned when people get tired, and I understand it, but I don't want to. I don't want to lose people. Over the years that you guys have done the show, I went back and looked at some of the old episodes and people who were active at the time at the beginning of the show. I don't know where they are or what they're doing. 
And I'm sure they're doing wonderful things. I only wish the best, but people get tired and just stop because they don't have someone to go to. So I try to get to everybody, but I'm, I'm wired weird. So it's different. Among the many things that you do, Steve, and we've talked a bit about writing over the time, because I think both of your books have come out since we started this journey. Talk about book number three, what's going on, what should we expect, the who, what, when, where, and why. It's a novel set in pre-Renaissance France. Wow. Okay. No, 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 it's not. Yes. It's it's the Bridgerton (laughs) of HR. It's crazy. It's wild. I think you could write that book, Steve. I, I, I think you could. I think that would be a, a good read. <laughs> One, a real quick book story. Three quick book stories since I'm the last guest. People all over who are authors send me books now. It's the weirdest thing ever. They're like, I've got a book. Can I send you one? Sure. And I read them. And it's amazing. I've had books from all over. In fact, yesterday on LinkedIn, I'm hosting the HR Carnival for December And this guy says, I'd like to get a post. And on his LinkedIn, there's a great book about uh, the monster of teamwork. And I said, hey, you know, can I feature your book? I'd love to tell other people about your book. And he says, would you like a copy? And I said, sure. I said, would you like a copy of mine? And he says, yeah. It's the weirdest thing. Authors like to give each other's books. That's one. The second thing is I still get notes daily about my books. And I've had books out since 2017. It's just weird. Uh, I'm going to give two books to a friend of mine at church whose brother has been in HR in South Africa for two years, or for 20 years. So he's going to get my books, and the books are going to go to South Africa. Now think of that. It's mind-blowing. The third book is going well when I write it. (laughs) (laughs) My job has been so full that I don't have as much time just to think. When I've been writing... It's gone very well. It's it's I can't change my style. I, you know, it's stories and stuff. But I think the difference is, I thought the first two were tangible. I think this one is practical. It's not that it isn't tangible, but this is like, hey, I can do this. And I really hope people take what's in the book and do it. Not just read it and go, that oh, was a good story. They need to be able to take it and try to put it into practice. One of the things that's really changed over the last couple of years is I'm getting tired of aspirational HR. Really <laughs> am. You know, we need to be this, this, this. And you go, how does that do it? How can you make that come to life? And people just use catchphrase after catchphrase or next trend after next trend. And people are dying for attention, dying for recognition, dying for a chance to add value. And we keep saying all these lofty things when they just want our time and attention. Chapter I'm working right now, it's called People Have To. That's it. And the whole chapter is about people have to matter. And they have to know they matter. And I don't know that they do in organizations. I want them to know they matter. And that should come from us. And we should teach others how to do that. So I'm excited about it. It's supposed to be done by February. Uh, (laughs) uh, my wife's like so when you gonna go right i'm like you know the amazing race is on let's watch the amazing race uh but uh, it's coming along uh i i said i'd give forty thousand words i'm at nine thousand now it's just a matter of sitting down and writing it the last part on this 
when you know you've turned that proverbial career corner, I have a meeting with Mike Mark and Nick LaRosa bi-weekly. And there's a couple reasons. One, they need to get together as a family and have time away from the organization with family. I'm kind of like the third party. I'm not part of the family. I don't pretend to be that kind of person. But while we're doing it, we're training all these new ideas and they're listening to some of my crazy stuff. And Michael says, uh, is that going to be the book? I said, (laughs) what? He goes, in your next book, you going to put that in the book? I'm like, am I allowed to put it in the book? He goes, yeah. I said, okay, then it's in the book. Uh, He says, I just want credit. I said, you get all the credit. I'm good. (laughs) For the organization to come and say, we can't wait to see what you do is really quite amazing. Can we also go on record to say that you are going to have a rush Saturday or a rush reference of some type in the book? Did you not tell me that? I did. Uh, finding <laughs> finding my way. Yes. <laughs> because I'm like, when we talk about our careers, and, and this goes back to the show, and I don't want to be, I thought I'd be all sentimental, although I do have a sentimental story later, so just get ready. The one thing that has always caught me at the show is you ask, how did people get into the field? And it was 50-50. People chose, people fell in people got to it. What we haven't done as a profession is taught ourselves how to find our way in our career. And I really want to do that. Wendy, all the cool changes you've had during the time, it's amazing. John, the evolution of what you've had at your job, just internal podcasts, uh, all kinds of different things. Finding your way is something we should own for ourselves. We do it for everybody else, but we don't take care of ourselves. And, And we're kind of an afterthought. I heard it on Spotify. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, Rush Saturday. I can't wait. Well, as I feel like we're kind of belaboring this point, but, um, you know, as as number two fan, um, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> you, you've supported us from the from even before day one, you know, from the point of John saying, hey, you know, this is something we want to do. We are going to go on the assumption you've listened to every episode and have absorbed absolutely everything. What has been the biggest takeaway from you from the podcast? And if you could point someone to just one episode to listen to, what would it be? Ah, here comes the Senna part. <laughs> what I've learned, and I wrote about this tonight on the HRNet because I wanted to make sure to give you guys credit for literally changing the profession. I don't think you understand how much you've changed HR. And and you don't have to go, oh, you did, and you have, and you continue to. My favorite part is you gave a voice to people who didn't have a voice. Up until then, social media was the people that were visible and the people who were active and the top 1% in that whole uh, 99 or so 90% of people on social media lurk, 9% comment somewhat or like, and 1% produce in most every podcast until you guys came was the 1%. Hey, let's get in. The same people would cycle out and cycle out and cycle out. You'd bring people on no one's ever heard of. That alone amplified what HR does across the globe. So that is by far my biggest takeaway, that you gave a voice to the profession more than the big association, like you like to say, more than other smaller factions. You really have. Favorite episode? Don't have it, and you're going to have to get me. And, and if you edit this, Thurman, I will hunt you down. Um, my favorite thing is the tagline. I hear it every time, and I laugh. I heard Paul and uh, John do it on the first HR Marks. He says, Paul, are you ready? And they did it, and I start crying. 
It's something that's touched our hearts. That's my favorite part. I listen to every episode. I agree with some of the people. I disagree with some of the people. But when I hear the tagline, I'm like, oh, here we go. I have it on my bottle opener. I have it on my shirt. I just bought another shirt because I don't want to forget it. It's the thing that brings us together. I can give you favorite episodes uh, other than Mary Williams because, I mean, she kind of <laughs> took the title from me. No, I, it would be it would be poor to say that I didn't take something from absolutely everything. And there, there were ones that challenged me, challenged the way I thought, challenged the way I looked at things. The shows you did with Anne, Wendy, I mean, opened my eyes. I mean, that's terrible to say, but it, they did. I was like, gosh, where am I coming from on things? The, the pop culture shows, hilarious. <laughs> uh, the wrestling shows, fantastic. Not a wrestling fan, but I thought they were wonderful. And just to hear the joy from guests, I mean, people who just really get to talk about themselves, you change the world. Wow. I'm not going to edit any of that. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Beyond the podcast, we have been fortunate to be able to visit over the years. And Wendy mentioned, you know, even before day one, I can remember meeting you for lunch in Cincinnati, throwing this idea out saying, yeah, Wendy and I think we're going to try this thing. And would you be willing to be the first guest? Because I knew you'd be great. I, as we're sitting here talking, I vividly remember that conversation. We get asked repeatedly, we're going to ask you, what is your favorite HR social hour memory beyond the podcast? The times that we've gotten together and done the Zooms, and you get to see everybody's face, and you get to hear them laugh and see that, you know, hear their stories and hear those things, making fun of, fun of Tracy Sponenberg's spindrift addiction. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, hearing people say water over and over and over. Uh, the chat, honestly, pulled a lot of people in. There's too many to mention because, it, it, to me, it's more of a fabric. You know, it's this, this big, long fabric, and it has, it's like a quilt with all different pieces. You know, when I hear stories, I was just listening to the Nikki Ramirez episode, and she talked about how Tina Marie Wolfield uh, got on and uh, all this kind of stuff. And I felt really weird because if you listen to the first part of the whole podcast series, my name was mentioned far too often. And then you change the question so my name wouldn't be used, which is great. And that's the only reason Mary Williams got ahead of me. <laughs> I love Mary. Uh, but, but the thing is, you hit a common bond with people. And uh, that's hard to do. That's hard to do. You know why we changed that question, Steve? Because we got the same names every time, which is not yeah. a bad thing. Oh, you know. No. I think to your point, it's those people that were so visible. Wendy and I started talking about part of it was selfish and that we wanted to learn about new people and, hey, who could we potentially connect with that could maybe a guest down the road? It's definitely changed. And you have yeah. seen when we get to the question connection later, I think you will be the person that has answered all the questions that we've done, I think. Ooh. I think so. Pretty sure. I think you can think make so. take, yeah, take claim to that, that too. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, as you know, we are doing some outsourcing. We're not doing all of our own work. So former guest Deborah Jeffries asks, what's your favorite memory from your first full-time job? And what did you learn there that you keep in mind today? I worked for a large Fortune 10 company when I came out of school. And the favorite part I learned is I don't fit that environment. I went to Ohio University. We're known for many things, and one of them is our Halloween ceremony or celebration or whatever you want to call it. It's like Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras kind of pales, <laughs> honestly, to Halloween. 
I went back after my first year to the first Halloween because I was still you know pretty tied to the college, and I went down the road and bought a conehead mask, like legit conehead from the Saturday Night Live. And we had to wear suits every day. So I went back to my office, didn't know people that well, didn't really care, put the conehead mask on, on my suit. And so we had a cubicle farm and you see this conehead walking by. (laughs) I had an administrative assistant and her name's Kim. Wonderful, talented lady. I was 22. I didn't need an administrative assistant. I didn't know what it meant. And so she was on the phone with our number one client that she and I represented. And I leaned over with my cone head and she swore on the phone. And she was like, <laughs> ah! And then the, she thought, the client thought she was swearing at him. I got in oh, trouble. No. It was the best day ever. <laughs> I realized I need to be a place where I can be myself. It's a great company. It's not anything against them. But no one back then in the mid-80s, talked about culture. We didn't even know what it meant. So I learned I needed to be in a place where I could be myself so that I could help others. But I found out by wearing a conehead mask. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you showed up in a parade t-shirt, but... <laughs> See, Steve, I know stuff. <laughs> yes. Well done. <sighs> With that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is Mike Sipple Jr., your friend from talentmagnet.com. On behalf of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast community, John and Wendy, we want to thank you. Thank you for leading well. Thank you for bringing all of the fellow guests, sponsors, listeners, and creating this amazing international network. You have truly lived out your mission to connect, give back, and network. As a sponsor of this month, I want to welcome everyone to check out talentmagnet.com backslash HR social hour for a giveaway that is intended for you and your team. John and Wendy, thank you again. We salute you for your leadership, your mission, and your vision to bring this international community together. Thank you so much. And we are back. Steve, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show. And the last one. This is it. This is the last question connection ever. Wow, it just kind of hit me. This is the last one. This is it. No more question connection after this. So first question, what career did you dream of having as a child? I wanted to be president of the United States. (laughs) You know, small goals. Uh, It's funny. I've, I've listened to all these episodes. And I, you know, teacher, fireman, veterinarian, ocean biologist, all these kind of cool things. I've always been the kind of person that has gone into leadership and I've never tried to, like, I need to be the leader. I've always thought, Hey, I could do that. And there's still uh, time. Well, you know, I I, I would do it, but my, my amazing wife says, I won't let you do it because I won't be the first lady because I'm not going to (laughs) talk. I was like, ah, fair enough. But I would love to be in a chance to, I mean, when you think of you at that kind of position, it's ideal, you know, versus what the role really is. But if you thought you could bring the world together, generally bring the world together, I'd love a shot. Steve, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year you think more people should know? Paris Parker. She's the new CHRO for Paycor. Paris is just fantastic. She came from a company here in town in Cincinnati called 8451, which does a lot of digital marketing for Kroger and talented. And she's really shifting and changing the culture. 
really excited. Karen Crone, who, friend of the show, did great work, uh, went on to a new role. And when Paris came in, man, she is just a culture hound. She's very visible in that sphere. LinkedIn, she's on all the time. I'd love to get people to know her because she's. you're going to hear about Paris for years to come. Awesome. Steve, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? <laughs> uh, don't have a work face. <laughs> don't, don't go in and just kind of fake it until you go, oh, man, they found out like I, I wear tie-dye and I'm okay with it. I wear paisley and I'm good. I wear a cone head mask to work. I wear a cone head mask to work. <laughs> uh, but too, too many of us, what do you call it, imposter syndrome now? You know, mm-hmm. where, where you have to pretend to be somebody else. It, it limits how effective you can be. When I think of the years that I thought I was doing one thing the right way by putting on a certain facade, those are years lost. It's not that I didn't do good work or that we didn't do good HR. Now, I mean, the doors are open. When we talk about all the DEIB stuff, I think what we miss in the entire conversation is allowing people to be who they are. And then when you do, watch what happens. I wish HR people would do that more. I wish I would have done that when I was younger. Now it's on, you know. I want you to be the great human you are coming in every day. That's the belonging. Steve, I've been looking forward to the answer to this one. I I just can't wait to find out. Most memorable or your favorite live performance you've ever attended? (laughs) All right, because I want to be that obnoxious guest. Can I have two? I'm going to take two away. Dang it! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, just out of college... Just out of college, saw Living Color in uh, a bar here in Cincinnati. So loud, did not hear for three days. (laughs) It was phenomenal. We just didn't know what was going on. It's it's a shame their career, their prominent career was cut so short. Don't know why it was. Talent like you've never seen before. When they sang Cult of Personality... I just lost my mind. I was just, this is the best. But the second one uh, was U2, my favorite group of all time, uh, in Soldier Field. And we were in the back, back, top, back, back, top. <laughs> but it didn't matter. Phenomenal, phenomenal show. It was more, uh, honestly, like a worship service. And I've said that many times before. It, everybody knew every song. And... I don't get to go as much live shows as I wish, but there are people that follow them. You know, like every band has followers. And they're like, well, the set list is this tonight. And now with the internet, they knew all the songs. Bono looked at Edge and says, do you want to? And Edge goes, yeah, I think we should. And so they played a song from the Joshua Tree that they had played 25 years ago at Soldier Field that they hadn't played since. And all of the groupies lost their gourd. They're on their phones <laughs> going crazy. Like, it was so unexpected, but... Um, Yeah, it was everything I thought it would be. It was wonderful. If you could be on any TV show, either as a character or yourself, what would it be? This was the one that stumped me because (laughs) there's so many shows I really enjoy over the years. The one that came up first, uh, ideally would love to be part of Monty Python and the the Monty Python troupe, but I couldn't hang with them. And I, I, you know, (laughs) they're they're more crazy than I've ever thought comic geniuses. But I thought I'd love to be Hawkeye on MASH. Oh. I, I just, I identify with Alan Ald. I grew up with the show. I loved his wit. I loved his uh, candor. I love that he was against authority. 
So, uh, yeah, I could do that. Don't want to really go through the whole Korean War thing, but probably, probably <laughs> Hawkeye on MASH. Recently it was announced it's going to be Steve Brown Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? I was so excited for this question. I still am. We would have Steve Stock. It would be the biggest <laughs> thing ever. And it would be every live band that you want to hear. So if you came to Steve Stock and you say, I want to hear this, they're going to be playing for you. And so every band, whether they're here or in the past, we'd have pizza, of course, lava lamps and tie-dye and llamas. I mean, it'd be just nuts for one day, the biggest live concert of all time. And no one would go away going, I didn't get to hear what I didn't like. Or I you know, saw that band and they weren't great. We would have a ball and people would just hang out for the day and enjoy live music. Nice. All right. Uh, as this is our last guest on the show, we don't have anyone for you to ask a question to, future guest. But if you could have asked a question of it of the, a guest of the podcast, who would it have been? Who would you want to ask this question to? And what would you ask them? I think I would have asked all of the prior guests. And this was what I would have asked them. Instead of saying that you're in HR, how are you changing HR? Uh, because I'm tired of us saying that we're in a profession. We are the profession. We change people's lives every day. And I want us to quit looking like we're on the outside. So if people could answer and say, how do I change and influence and impact HR? That's what I'd like to know. Steve, I'm not writing the question down because we're not going to ask. <laughs> the book is closed. The book is closed. Well, I still got to take some notes. However, I'm not going to be <laughs> asking the question. Wendy said at the beginning, it seems extremely appropriate to have you as the bookends of the podcast. We put out an episode zero where we talked for 10 minutes about what we we're going to do. And then we put your show out like two days later and it was off to the races. And it has been this amazing journey that you have been part of from the beginning, from the outset, we can't thank you enough for all the support over the years, not just of, of the podcast, but of the chats and giving of yourself. I call you the king of the HR people. You know that I, I, you, you tell people, who do you want to be when you grow up? And I know you say you'd be the best version of yourself. I always say there are two people, John Cates, previous guest, and you, those are the two people that I would like to be when I grow up. Thank you for just being you and being part of this with us. We never can say it enough. I, I, I'm, yeah, I just don't know what else to say there. People that are listening, if they've gotten this far, I'm sure they know how to get a hold of you. Because I can't imagine this being, you know, I always say the uh, a podcast is somebody's first podcast. I can't imagine them picking this episode of this show to be the first. However, if it was and they are not connected with you, best way for them to reach you out there. Two ways, uh, LinkedIn uh, and Twitter. And just like I've said, every time I've been on here. If you connect with me, it's on. It's not I get to follow, I get to know, or this kind of thing, or Steve's this or Steve's that. That's crud. I'm a dude, just a regular guy who happens to be in the same profession you are. So find me, but understand, if you're connected to me, it's a relationship from now on. I'll have most of that in the show notes, and Wendy and I can attest that is the truth. Yep. That is the absolute truth. Yep. Wendy, best way for listeners to reach you out there. Uh, as always, on the blog, mydailyjourney.com. And, of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month. 
until it all implodes, uh, we will be on Twitter 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of the twice monthly Twitter chat. So please, please join us there. Um, we will be kicking off again in January. Taking, we're taking Christmas Day off. I'm not working Christmas. <laughs> How about you, John? Once again, thanks to Talent Magnet Institute for sponsoring this yes. episode. Go to talentmagnet.com slash HR Social Hour to get a free gift for listeners. And as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, HR Social Hour podcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, and follow. If you're not following now, if you follow, you're going to get the last episode. And you'll also have access to the back catalog because, as we've told folks, it's not going anywhere. It'll be 318 total shows that are available. We're going to talk more about numbers next week because, Wendy, I think you and I can agree there's some banana stuff that we have discovered in the last little bit as we prepare for the end here. International listeners, we appreciate you, and we're so thankful for you for being part of the community While it may not be for the show, we'd still love to talk, and you're always more than welcome to attend the chats. And if you would like some swag for overseas or in seas, continentally, (laughs) wherever you are, I've got I've got stamps for I don't know. In seas, I can say that. It's our show; we can say whatever we want. If if you are looking for some swag, and if you don't have any. Contact me because we've got a lot. And while I'm going to keep some of it for my baby book, a lot of it needs to go to people anywhere and everywhere so you can enjoy and remember us fondly in that way. Steve, again, thank you for being you, for being with us, for being the last guest. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 